It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome to the show. We are going to kick things off with, uh, and I, you know, I apologize for using that cliche, kick things off. You can't talk to a former football player without using some sort of football cliche. So we're going to kick things off with Ryan Diem, former Colt, uh, NFL veteran, Super Bowl champion. He's doing really good works in the field of uh, charity benefits, foundations, and pediatric cancer in uh, specifics. So let's kick it off. With Ryan Diem. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Uh, fantastic. It's a, sort of an annual tradition now to run into you to talk about Cheers for Charity. Uh, it's a, an event where, uh, well, you just described to our listeners what the event is. Sure. Well, this was our third year doing it. Uh, we do it uh, downtown Indianapolis at Two Deep Brewing Company. And this year we decided to do a college tailgate football college football tailgate party so the previous two years it was more like get together on a thursday night you know watch the colts play or something like that and now we decided you know what the thursday night things are cool but let's blow this thing up a little bigger let's do an all-day saturday college football tailgate party so we had fire pits we had cornhole we had um, a raffle we had all sorts of cool stuff going on we had tvs set up outside big big projector showing college football games and then two smaller tvs so it was just a great atmosphere we had a wonderful turnout and we raised a lot of money those projector TVs uh, showed up during the day, or, or did this go in, well into the evening as well? Well, both. We, we had it set up during the day. We had a tent uh, set up as kind of a viewing area. So we had lounge-style you know, couches and chairs and underneath this tent. We had a 100-inch projector set up, which was pretty <laughs> awesome, and then uh, two smaller flat-screen TVs with other games on. So I just got to ask uh, about the crowd and what uh, games were on TV. What were they cheering for? Uh, I'm sure there's a Big Ten audience there. Were there uh, people um, cheering for, you know, the big games in the Southeastern Conference or the West Coast games? What kind of crowd was there to cheer for what team? You know, it was a little bit of everything. Um, we actually had the Indie Sports Corps out there, and they brought out all these signs for the Big Ten because they do a lot of work with the Big Ten, obviously. And so we had um, giant banners for every Big Ten school, and we thought that kind of helped draw some people in. Um, but as far as the games going on, you know what? I think a lot of people were distracted by the beer and food. <laughs> so they uh, they were kind of the, – the games were on, but it was more of a background type thing to, uh, you know, playing some cornhole, drinking some of Two Deeps fantastic beers and uh we had pie um pizza truck i don't know if you've seen this thing but have, it, yeah. it is amazing <laughs> they, they have the you know the brick pizza oven built into the truck and so that guy was out there lawrence from pie and uh he makes some outstanding food so everyone's a little bit distracted i don't think anyone really paid a whole lot of attention to the the games and this uh, event, Cheers for Charity, is the uh, branded named, I guess, title of the event. And all proceeds go to Alley and Friends. Alley and Friends uh, is a foundation that you're uh, a part of, uh, possibly founder of. I know you're definitely on the board. Tell us about Alley and Friends. I'd love to. So 
12 years ago, I was invited out to the first Alien Friends Golf Classic as a guest, and I decided to go show up, check it out, see what it was all about, and uh, my mind was blown, quite honestly. It it was all about um, neuroblastoma at the time. A friend um, had a a child who was diagnosed with um, neuroblastoma. They wanted to have this golf outing to do something for the family. Um, They had invited me just on a whim, and I showed up and got to learn all about neuroblastoma and pediatric cancer, uh, more generally speaking. And it's just severely underfunded um, all around. Pediatric cancer research gets less than 5% of federal money uh, of American Cancer Society. It's very, very, a very small piece of uh, what they do is pediatric cancer research funding. So there's a big hole there that needs to be filled, and uh, we decided that we should be part of that. We should try to fix that problem, and we should try to, uh, you know, kind of use our platform to spread the word about pediatric cancer. So that's what we've done over 12 years. We grew that golf outing into a, a really large event. It still goes on in the Chicago area, but we wanted to do something more in Indianapolis, and that's where Cheers for Charity came in the picture. Uh, it's been fun. It's been it's been great. It's not as uh, strenuous to host as uh, a golf outing, but at the same time, we still raised good money. And now, Alien Friends Golf Classic has evolved into the Alien Friends Foundation. We are our own. 501c3 freestanding foundation and so everything that comes into us goes to the right place we're volunteers uh, every everyone's a volunteer in our foundation and uh, all the money gets used the right way can you tell us about uh, the namesake tell us about Allie who who is or who was she she was the little girl who was originally diagnosed um, you know back in 2003 I would say and um, her friends, uh, the Jusons, Scott and Kristen Jusen, decided to start this first golf outing to help out um, Allie's family. And um, she unfortunately passed from neuroblastoma at a young age, and it's really a sad story. And it's, it's not something people love to talk about, but um, cancer is real, and it doesn't discriminate, and uh, it could happen to anyone. So we felt very fortunate to have healthy children, and that's kind of been the the driving force behind the Alien Friends Foundation is that we have healthy healthy children, but not everyone's that lucky. And uh, that, coupled with the fact that it's so underfunded, um, we feel like there's a need that, that we need we need to help do something in that field. The thing you said that pops out at me, I mean, we've done so many interviews with foundations and charities and pediatric cancer. I had no idea that it was that underfunded. Less than 5% of the American Cancer Society's funding goes to pediatric cancer. Yeah. That's it, unbelievable. It makes my stomach hurt, quite honestly. And, and you know, a lot of it's driven by money. Obviously, you've got uh, pharmaceutical companies that they see the opportunity to go sell you know, a lot of cancer medications for breast cancer or prostate cancer or things of that nature, which are all terrible, terrible things. Um, I guess when you look at the amount of money going towards the pediatric cancer research, it's lower because there just aren't as many drugs in the pipeline uh, from these pharmaceutical companies to treat pediatric cancer because it's a smaller market. But at the same time, kids make up 20% of the population and we're talking about children here so why not help them right yeah so that's yeah. that's kind of what drives us Ryan Diem is our guest uh, you may remember him from uh, his 10 year plus career in the NFL and a Super Bowl champion 2006 maybe you don't remember him 
Uh, <laughs> and that's okay. We, and that's okay. We were talking about how great it is uh, post-career to have some anonymity, to be able to walk through a, a town and not be mobbed with autographs, although you are six foot 11. Uh, what are you, six what? Six, six, six seven. Six, six seven. So he, we just had lunch, and the waitress even commented, wow, you're tall. Yeah, I was hiding under the table. She didn't realize uh, how long my legs were, I guess. But, yeah, you know what? I can't really hide a, uh, in a crowd as much, but I do like to kind of fly under the radar as much as I can. There's... Well, you, you've stayed fit. Uh, uh, and this isn't necessarily a, a conversation to promote uh, health and fitness, but we do talk about wellness and health and fitness on this um, social awareness radio show. So real quick, and I want to get back to Allie and Friends, but real quick, uh, talk about your health and fitness. You obviously have stayed, you say, you've gotten, not. I was going to say you stayed lean. You, you haven't stayed lean, you've gotten lean. I mean, as an NFL offensive lineman, you're one of the heavies. You are, you were big. You were, you were too big. Yeah. You were, you couldn't fit through a doorway. <laughs> and now, I mean, you look like a, maybe a former basketball player. How do you stay so fit? What secrets do you have for me and my listeners? Well, you just saw me eat a, uh, a salad instead of French fries. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, well I, I had the fries. Yeah, you did. You're bulking up. Um, you know what? When I played, especially coming out of college, I had really bulked up. I weighed 338 pounds at the combine. 6'7", 338. And uh, I spent most of my time with the Colts playing at about 320, 325. Um, but I saw, you know, some guys retire and pack on a bunch of weight and just be really unhealthy. And I just made up my mind that day, like, I am not going that direction. I'm going the other way. And so first year out of football, um, we had our twins. And so I was kind of stuck at home. I needed an outlet to get out of the house and I needed to get back into working out. And I tried CrossFit and CrossFit is super intense. Uh, maybe more so more more than I needed quite honestly but I, I stuck to it for about a year and but what I was really introduced to was more of the paleo diet of you know low carbs uh, high protein type diet and I stuck with that kind of beyond the CrossFit days and I still work out you know two to three times uh, a week on my own um, but I you know when I eat and I understand how my body is processing some of this stuff it really has helped me keep the weight off. I, I, I got as lean as 260 pounds, and my wife was like, she didn't recognize me. She's like, <laughs> people thought I was ill, quite honestly. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? Maybe I've gone a little extreme on this. Uh, I can carry a little more weight. So I'm, I'm hovering around 290, 295 now. Uh, but I feel good, you know, less weight on my joints. It, it definitely is uh, less stress. No, it's great. And at this stage of your life, you're not a young man anymore. No, you're getting up easier. there in years. Yeah. You got to keep the weight off, stay lean, get healthy. And we encourage our listeners, uh, me included, to get a little bit more fit as we move through our life. So back to Allie and Friends with Ryan Diem, uh, one of the, uh, I guess, board members, we'd say a big proponent advocate for child uh, pediatric cancer research. The event, this is sort of a wrap-up of the uh, the mm -hmm. big charity event you just had. Uh, are the numbers in yet? Do we know what uh, was raised? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, at the end of the day, after expenses and everything, we're going to net uh, a little bit over $20,000 from this campaign. I'll call it the campaign because it was more than just the day. We, uh, we have some corporate sponsors that were very generous that uh, contributed to the event and helped make it happen. We had uh, a raffle day of with our guests we had probably over 300, I'd say close to 400 people there kind of throughout the day bought raffle tickets very generously. Too Deep uh, donated, kicked back a dollar from every pint that was sold. 
Uh, and as if you can imagine uh, a tailgate party with that many people, they yeah. kicked back like uh, over, well, it was like $750. And then there were some other drinks that were sold too. So it was, it was successful in that respect. And then um, we also have paired up with the NFL alumni group to sell raffle tickets to uh, get a trip to the Super Bowl. Really? That is still going, actually. So you could still contribute to the Alley and Friends by um, buying one of these Super Bowl raffle tickets. Only 250 raffle tickets are being sold. It's not like there's a million and you have no chance at winning, right? There's only 250 being sold, 100 bucks a piece. Um, you're going to get four nights hotel. I believe the game's in Houston, Houston. this year. Yeah. yeah, Houston. So four nights hotel. Airfare for two, two tickets to the Super Bowl, transportation, a pregame brunch, all sorts of stuff. Uh, for you know, a chance at that is only a hundred dollars. That's unbelievable. Get on the uh, alienfriends.org website now and check it out because <laughs> we need to sell these. The drawing's going to be here uh, probably end of November, early December. So jump on am i exempt since i'm the uh radio host interviewing you about this Absolutely can i get one of those not. tickets you you sure you can buy um, 10 of them if you want just to let you know i uh had a chance to go to uh super bowl um was it 46 that one was that was at uh, lucas oil I, I had a chance to go to that and i was lucky enough to get face value tickets face wow. value and the face value Super Bowl ticket was $898. Yeah, it hasn't gotten any cheaper. No. So you're talking <laughs> about um, two tickets to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, that's 1000 That's 2000 right there. Easily. Yeah. So for 100 bucks, you have a 1 in 250 chance if you only buy one ticket right. of getting um, Super Bowl tickets plus the airfare and the hotel and everything else you're talking about. Absolutely. You get the full package, the travel, the airfare, the, the hotel. Um, I will say this. Two years ago, the winner of our tickets was walking into the stadium and they got offered over $30,000 for their two Super Bowl tickets, and he did not take it. Whoa! He, he certainly could have. No one would have been offended. Yeah. He didn't. He went to the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a market for those tickets as well if you couldn't go to the game. Oh, by the way, second second prize, and that is $1,000 cash. Third prize is 500 cash. So you actually have three chances to win out of 250. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And that's at the uh, website, alleyandfriends.org. Uh, Allie and Friends on Facebook. It's Allie underscore Friends on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Diem from the uh, NFL and uh, doing now all of his works and best jobs with uh, pediatric cancer research with Allie and Friends. We encourage you uh, to check it out. Uh, any ideas before I let you go on uh, what worked with your tailgate since it was sort of a new event with your uh, Cheers for Charity on uh, some new stuff you're going to do next year? Any new? How about a band? How about uh, well, Van Halen, uh, Pearl awesome. Jam? Uh, Pearl Jam, one of my favorites. Would love to have Eddie out there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, a mechanical bull. I don't know. Let's 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 spitball a little bit. Throw some ideas out there, man. Yeah. I, we're open to anything. There are no bad ideas. No, no. This is all about having fun. You know, hanging out. Obviously, what we're doing is raising money for a cause that isn't a whole lot of fun. But we want to have fun raising money for that. Okay, and outside of those uh, Super Bowl tickets to win, I'm sure you can, any day of the year, donate through that website as well. Absolutely, yes. At alienfriends.org, there's a tab to donate. There's a tab about Super Bowl uh, raffle tickets. There's a tab about our golf outing in Chicago. There's a tab about Cheers for Charity in Indianapolis. So lots of opportunities to help out, and uh, we are open to any suggestions, so feel free to email us too. 
Ryan Diem, always a pleasure. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. And welcome back to the show. Our special guest is Martin George. Martin, hello and how are you? Hi. Good to meet you. (laughs) You are CEO of LTC. A lot of initials there. Tell us about LTC. Well, LTC started about 22 years ago, really helping foreign-born internationals who came here for business um, do their job well. So we taught them language and culture. Now we've really expanded translation, interpreting, cross-cultural training. So we're doing a lot of different things 22 years later. Well, I want to talk about your foundation work okay. uh, here in a minute, but um, as far as languages go, I, I've met you at several conferences, mm-hmm. and you work with so many athletes, professional athletes, cross cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a you, one of your stories I remember from one of the conferences was about Yao Ming. Yep. Um, everybody remembers seven foot five inch Chinese mm-hmm. uh, basketball player comes to America, plays in Houston, doesn't speak a lick of English. You worked with him. Yeah, you know he came over and he was at uh, one of those FIFA World competitions, and Rudy Tomjanovich wanted to talk to him. They couldn't talk to each other, so Rudy said, can you interpret for me for a little bit? And all Rudy said to him is, run, 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 get in condition. But, you know, if you can't really talk to the athletes, you know, you have a problem there. And so we've worked with a lot of Major League Baseball teams, the Giants, the Cardinals, won the World Series, and they really say we helped them because you have coaches and their teammates who cannot communicate with them, and they're trying to tell them, you know, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bunt. We're going to sacrifice. We're going to play small ball, get the person over there. And they don't get it. And so they really have to have us come in from, you know, spring training, single A, high A ball, all the way through, help their, you know, athletes really get it linguistically and culturally. Because, you know, if people don't like each other on the sports field, it doesn't work either. So you work with the San Francisco Giants. They win the World Series. I mean, do you see an instant... um a bump in your business with other teams like, oh, we got to work with this Martin George guy. He's got to help our guys learn how to speak English. He's got to help our coaches learn how to speak Spanish. You know, humbly, I would say, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, because at one time, didn't we have the Cardinals, Giants, then Cardinals? And so the only thing in common from the World Series winners were us. And, you know, it's the teams that get it. You know, they're investing time, money, and energy really into player development. And they're seeing, you know, yeah, we might say language is a soft skill, a soft study, but I think in business or in sports, if you cannot communicate effectively, how can you do your job? And so we're helping the, you know, the stud shortstop do his job out there. You know, he's got to communicate with everybody else on that team effectively. Well, we bring you on the show to talk about uh, education, academics, you know, languages. Um, Everybody listening to this English-speaking radio show speaks English. Uh, Some of our listeners are young, and they're uh, growing up, and they're getting involved in their studies. And um, I like to bring guys on the show that know a lot about a certain, I guess, uh, course of study. And, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, Spanish with baseball, and it's not just Spanish. I mean, Yao Ming, you speak Chinese. How many languages do you speak? Well, you know, in my Ph.D., they really exposed us to about 20 languages right now. You know, I probably... you know, can handle about six, seven on a good day. What, okay, so what, what's the eighth language you speak that isn't on that list? Well, you know, um, so you go you go in language clusters, like Slavic languages. So you go um, Polish, Russian. So you try to go language groups. Chinese, I have Chinese, Cantonese, um, Fukunese, Taiwanese, Japanese. Then So you try to get language groups, you know, Spanish, Romance, language. Everybody understands that. I think, again, what they don't understand is really you want a career in the MBA – NBA is building 
um, arenas in China. You work for the NBA. You speak some Chinese. What do you think your career looks like? I mean, so I would encourage anyone who's out there doing anything, really learn another language, learn something that really makes you more marketable to these companies or sports properties who want to hire you. I mean, you know, I meet these young guys. I was just down with the Toronto Blue Jays in um, Dunedin, Florida. And this young guy, he used to work um, for one of the Smith Barneys, something like that. Got a job with a Blue Jays. You know why? He speaks Spanish fluently. So he gets to go back and forth to the Dominican Republic. He gets to work with all their, you know, talent and athletes coming through. Loves his job. I mean, absolutely loves it because he speaks Spanish. The key reason. He knew baseball, too. Played baseball college, you know, had that background and really wanted to be in baseball. He did not like going to an office, sitting in a cubicle. Spanish opened the door for him. Now, I'm sure you work with all kinds of corporations, um, global business, people coming to America that can't speak English. And um, but, but you know what? I just like to focus on the sports because I've got a little bit of a sports background. We cover a lot of sports on this radio show. Um, you know, I can generalize baseball, um, the Latin American, Spanish speaking, um, hockey would probably be French. Um, yeah, can, right. can you really uh, Formula One racing? I mean, what what um, well, you have Portuguese, Germany, German, German? Yeah, you have those. You know, and really, you think about um, one of the things we forget, like the LPGA. So, 144 girls every week go out and play golf. 95 of them, English is not their first language. Wow. Korean's number one. No you know, Yeah, and you think about the baseball players that we're getting now. We're seeing Japanese baseball players, Taiwanese baseball players, Korean baseball players. You still have about 32% of our Major League Baseball players speak Spanish as their first language. That's a big percentage. That's a huge percentage. Martin George is our guest, the CEO of LTC. Um, the company started as Language Training Center, mm-hmm. and it has grown into uh, LTC. What's the full name of the company, and how do we find well, it online? You know, we had to go to uh, LTC Language Solutions because offering written translation, oral interpreting, Language Training Center didn't really get it. You can find us at languagetrainingcenter.com. We kept yeah. that. You know, we're get, coming out with a new website in about a month, so you'll be able to find us there. You know, Twitter, LinkedIn, you can find Martin George on LinkedIn, all of that. We're doing it. And you're a guy that uh, you mentioned you got your Ph.D., languages. You speak seven or eight fluently. And um, you grew that love of language into a, a, a corporation. You've got two national locations, headquarters. How many employees do you have? You know, um, do you want to tell me how many I put on payroll or how many Obama tells me I have? <laughs> <laughs> That's the new thing, isn't it? He tells me I have 88 full-time employees. I think kicking around here, we have about 45 in uh, Indianapolis and five full-time in Orlando right now. Is there a pecking order in your company Um as far as the people on staff that can only speak English, I mean, do you feel sorry for those people? You know, I do feel – here's why I feel sorry, um, Adam, because every time I go with them, they'll say, how many languages do you speak? That's what you ask me. I, I know. And so everybody thinks you're working for a language company. So, you know, it is a disadvantage, and, and we let them study languages for free. So if they want to, they can certainly hop in with one of our instructors. Well, I know there's a thousand stories. We touched on Yao Ming. We touched on uh, World Series champion San Francisco Giants. Uh, top of your head, uh, another 
favorite story of yours from working with professional athletes? Well, you know, um, maybe I'll go racing. Vitor Mira, you know, Vitor um, really didn't have that. Uh, he, he never won an Indy Racing uh, League championship, but, you know, he came here and, and really needed sponsorship. And so we were able to work with him, get him to do interviews. And really the reason I point that out is because uh, sponsorships, everything in racing. And so really trying to find those sponsors we were able to help him with interview skills just like this, be able to speak to sponsors and hang out. I mean, I think you got, you got to remember, even like LPGA girls, I mean, these girls need sponsors on their hats and bags. You go out there and you can't speak, you're from Korea and you're kind of shy and you can't get a sponsor. I mean, it really wrecks their career. So we work with about 50 LPGA girls, you know, we have in the past and, you know, we continue to help some of them. Beatrice Ricari just uh, called me the other day and said, I have two Japanese sponsors coming on on with me because of my work with you over the last two years. I set the course. I wanted to have Japanese sponsors. I've been studying Japanese. Thank you. You know, that's, you know, we, we feel proud of that. That's very, that's something you should be proud of. That is very, very cool to hear. Uh, Martin George, our guest, CEO of LTC, and we want to move to your foundation work now, your company. Uh, we like to highlight a lot of the service work going on across the globe, and uh, what are some of the projects you guys do? Well, you know, I think uh, you probably read Conscious Capitalism. I mean, conscious capitalism really is what we're about. It's not about growing a big company, and it's not getting all you can, canning on you, all you get, sitting on your can. So we have a, a foundation called Cyprus International. We do a lot with um, homelessness in Orlando and other markets around the country. We've partnered with a group, Devro. They're in 30 um, states around the country, and they help with um, you know disenfranchised, disabled kids, even human trafficking. And then we um, just uh, are building a habitat at home. So we're partnering with organizations like that to sort of give back to the community. Does the the home you're building, uh, Habitat for Humanity, um, I don't know if this is a stupid question, but I'll ask it. Um, Does your background as an expert in several languages feed into how the house is being built? No. Is there an intercom system that, that, that has several different radio stations from across the planet? You know, one of the things um, we have, a, one of the things you might not think about is we do a lot of sign language. So we did ask Habitat, is there some deaf family that, that could use a house? But, you know, what they really do is they have people in sort of a, a pecking order who've qualified. So we were happy to help whatever the next family was. And, you know, it was so great to have our team out there. We had, you know, the president, Hannah Perky, was on the roof with my sales guy. Doug Price, and you know it's good to just be out there rolling up your sleeves. I got a little sunburn, you know, and and so, but you know, you want to give back. You don't want to just sit in your office and really do what you do all all the time. I mean, we're giving our staff a day off a week for the next six weeks to go out and build that house. So every Friday, um, a different group gets to go out and work on that house. That is awesome and inspirational, and it makes me want to get off my couch and help out, and hopefully our listeners hear these type of stories too and want to get involved in their community. Uh, I have to ask you about the sign language. Now, you brought up that. I, right over my head, I think of a language expert that speaks seven languages. I didn't even think that you handle sign language as well. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, um, we didn't start doing that, but probably eight to ten years ago, we had a lot of our clients say, you know, this is probably our toughest nut to crack. You know, there are federal mandates, state mandates. If you're doing something public, you have to, it's by law, you have to have a sign language interpreter there. And so what we really 
have um, done, Adam, is if we can't do it well, we're not going into it. So I had to do like hiring RID certified interpreters. We're hosting conferences. We have one um, in our office in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's in the Midwest. But, you know, this Saturday, June 20th, um, we have people from all over the world coming in for a conference here in our center here. And, and so we just do things like that, you know, that, that really uh, give back to the community. And, and we're pretty proud of what we're doing with the sign language community. So you started with languages, you maybe didn't know or see the future with the sign language on board. You adapt, you get sign language on board, so that begs the question, what's the next step? in the evolution of LTC? Well, you know, it's funny. I was down, uh, took my two daughters to Disney last year and happened to be with Cincy, the plug-in, you know, air freshener thing. We were we had some sign language interpreters. They were in a booth. And I looked around the convention center in Orlando and I saw like Mary Kay and Tupperware and all these people. And I said, you know what? We need to be doing more conference interpreting. So last year we did maybe five conferences with five booths. Last week we had 20 booths in five locations around the country. We had Phoenix, Chicago, Orlando, um, somewhere on the East Coast, West Coast. So just in one week, we had 20 booths where we're having, you know, these are UN um, trained interpreters, highest level interpreters. They sit inside that glass booth and they're simultaneously interpreting what the conference is doing in English to everyone who doesn't speak English as their first language. We do sign language for um, President Obama. You know, we do the VFW convention. So we're really looking. We get to do, you know, artists like um, Johnny Cougar Mellencamp. You know, he uses sign language for us. We're, we're out in those kind of venues. So it's cool. We get to do a lot of things. But I think that conference interpreting is really the next wave of where we're going to see. We're trying to see, you know, how many salespeople do we really put on to help um, have people understand that LTC does this a lot now. Have you ever been asked to voice um, the soundtrack for Brad Pitt in a Chinese version of one of his movies? We do do movies and we do voiceovers, <laughs> but not Brad Pitt, but we've done a lot. You know, um, uh, John Mellencamp's ex-wife was in here studying uh, uh, Spanish or something, and she, and I knocked on the door, asked how's everything going. She said, just a minute, I'm on the phone with Penelope Cruz. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, excuse me. But, you know, I got personally to go to John Cena's house and teach him Chinese. Two years later, John Cena can do interviews in Chinese, one of the smartest men you'll ever meet, one of the most committed men. WWE, you know, you wouldn't think when you see these big burly guys who practice all day long, it is amazing to see what some of these athletes can do when they set their mind to it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.